We're free, but it doesn't mean that we just get to walk around in our freedom flaunting it to everybody else. We're to come under one another. We're to lay down our lives. There's a practical definition of what it means to lay down your life. We are to uh, live in mutual submission to one another. I'm free to, but I know that you struggle, so I will submit myself to you. This is one of the principles uh, which, is, which has particular bearing on us as American Christians. As Americans, we tend, to, we tend to look at life and say, it's my right, it's my freedom, don't tread on me, don't tell me what to do. And that is not a Christian attitude. It is simply not a Christian attitude. Anybody remember the passage in uh, Corinthians that says, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial? Anybody remember this passage? I hope to shed some light on this. The idea that's communicated twice in Paul's letter, 1 Corinthians 6 and 10, uh, is, is that very thing. All things are permissible, but not all things are be- beneficial. But like the similar attitude in America, what Paul is actually doing here is confronting Corinthian slogans. Paul is not saying that that is a Christian principle. He's actually taking the culture that he lived in and he's He's addressing it. He's shooting it down. And just in case you're skeptical, this is a well-documented scholarly fact. This is written down in their, in their recordings, in their writings, that these were their sayings. So they would say, the Corinthians would say, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Think about the problem with that. If that is a true statement in biblical ideas, then morality is simply utilitarian. Morality is simply this. If it's no longer useful, then we can throw it away. But as long as it's useful, we're fine. How foolish is that? Some in the current culture today would apply that idea to abortion. Well, it's useful. It's useful because I don't have to actually be responsible for the actions that I've done in my life. So I get to take an innocent life. I get to kill a baby. And guess what? It is good because all things are permissible. That's not what Paul was saying whatsoever. It's just simply nowhere in the scripture. As a matter of fact, there's a third slogan that you can find, and Paul answers it right away. He says this in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, food is for the stomach and stomach for the food. How many of you amen that? (laughs) Yes. However, that's a slogan. And think about why this would contradict what else he's taught in Romans 14. If the food is for stomach and stomach is for the food, then he should spend no time telling people to stop eating certain things. It contradicts itself. But this slogan was around in Corinth, and so they would say, the stomach is for food and food food is for the stomach. And Paul responds to it and says, and yeah, and God's going to destroy it all. Smile. So Paul's answer to this is, this is nonsense. God's going to destroy both. What am I getting at with this point? True freedom is not the freedom from restraint, church. Freedom, uh, true freedom, Christian liberty, is being set free from bondage and to walk in righteousness. In 1 Corinthians 6 and 10, Paul establishes clear biblical parameters. In chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, look at what he says. He says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, that's terribly judgmental, Paul. Yes, he's assessing rightly. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God, right? He then warns them not to be deceived. So think about that statement being said today. Think about this statement. It says, says, uh, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived, church. 
This is precisely the problem today. The church asks this question all the time. They say, well, can't I be a Christian and also be this or that? And the answer according to God's word is emphatically no. You cannot be anything that you want to be. The unrighteous that will not inherit the kingdom of God are then listed. Look at what he says. Fornicators, idolaters. This is not an exhaustive list, by the way. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, homosexuals, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, and swindlers. The last four seem to be talking about used car salesmen. But nonetheless, it's, they, they are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Paul then says this. Look at the line. This is overlooked constantly. Such were some of you. Such what? Such were some of you. You have left that behind. Quick, quick teaching here. Can Christians still sin? Of course we can. Are Christians known by their sin? No. We are not known by our sin because such were some of us. Such were some of us. Not such still are, but some were. Such were some of us. Does that mean that there aren't struggles in the Christian life that are harder for us to overcome? Does that, does that mean that addiction isn't a real thing and it needs to be overcome? Addiction is a real thing. It does need to be overcome. And guess what that requires? It requires a brother or a sister walking beside you to help you get out of that pit. Christians, listen to me. Listen to me, please. You will not get out of your pit by keep, if you keep digging. You will not get out of your pit if you sit there alone, start a campfire, and say, I'm going to live here. You will not get out of your pit. And you are supposed to get out of your pit, which means something, which means we have to actually confess our sins. Hi, my name's Nathan, and I struggle. Dot, dot, dot. But it is not, hi, my name's Nathan, and I am anything. Such were some of you. These things are gone. They are things of the past, and we need to be walking forward. The parameter in God's word uh, about morality is not utilitarian. Please, please, please don't miss that. It is sure, it is, it is, it is matter of fact. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what is Paul doing here? In this, in this passage in Corinthians, he's actually taking aim at ideas of human history. So back to Romans 14. Paul's response to this kind of approach is that you're not going to do these things if you're a true Christian. If you're a Christian, you will walk in love both towards God and towards man. So far, here's where we've been. We've learned that judging, meaning assessment, is the natural state of the Christian. But we are not to jump in the place of God. We also know that as Christians, we are going to stand before God and be repaid both for the good and the bad that we do inside of this life. What we just learned is that our freedom is a freedom to do things God's way, and that is a humbling reality. But just so you understand this as Christians, this is not a cause to fear. Perfect love casts out fear. This is a cause to humble ourselves before a holy God. 